0: Hi, I'm Bec Rayner, and this is the Military Wife Life Podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports, and embraces the women behind the military men by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self care, and our mental health. Let's do this together. Welcome Arusha to the Military Wife Life podcast. Thanks for coming on.
1: Thank you for having me. This is exciting.
0: First up, you and your husband have been together for 10 years now. Can you tell me how you guys met and how the love story of you guys began?
1: So we met at a dirty club. Well, that's what I like to call it anyway, because it was really terrible. So we've been together, yeah, for ten years. Weirdly enough, I thought that we would or should have met a lot sooner. Um, as our friendship groups are all or were attached at some point. And his actual sister was in my year at school, but not that I knew that. So yes, so we've been together for 10 years and married for five. So it was meant to be, really? I reckon. So it's kind of weird when you're looking at like old dancing videos when you were in year six and you're looking at your sister-in-law, but then you pop up without realising that we danced together. When
0: you guys met, was he in the Defence Force thinking of joining? What was his work situation at the time?
1: So he was self-employed driving a truck for a transport company And I think he was in there for four years. So I think two years before we met. And then it kind of just got a little bit too hectic and too much was riding on him. So he was looking at an out. But we swapped because I was a stay-at-home mum. He went and studied and I went and worked full-time and then he joined the Defence Force.
0: So when he went to study, was that to specifically get into defence or what was he studying?
1: (laughs) No, it was to actually do like a manager at a hotel and he almost finished and then a job opportunity with the army came up which he went through the whole I guess process of joining and then got knocked back right at the end for commando and so then we had to wait before he could reapply and then they called him and said oh this job's come up do you want to go for it and he took it which was infantry.
0: So when he was deciding to go forward and join the army what were your first thoughts what were you feeling about that decision because at that time you obviously don't know what's ahead but what were you sort of feeling going into possibly defense life?
1: To be honest I walked through that whole process really blind of what that actually meant for me and for our son. And I'm kind of happy though that I did walk in blind. I feel like now knowing what I know or what has, you know, happened in our almost six years of living this way, I feel like living blind was probably better for me than knowing too much. So I I didn't really know very much at all. And I didn't actually even look. I know that others do you know look into what that means and I don't know why, but I obviously wasn't really thinking. (laughs) Because I did not do any research at all, really. I just kind of went along for the ride with what he thought was a good idea.
0: And so he got the call to say that there's a job for him. What happened then? Did he go away again to like finalise that training or was it like straight in and posted somewhere? How did it sort of work?
1: So he had to kind of do the whole process again. So he had to go through all of the same meetings, etc. And all of the medicals and things like that. And then he went to kapuka for the three months and then went to Singleton for four. And so yeah, so he was,
0: you were Living where, like with family, or
1: yeah, so we lived in our own house. Um, but we were very thankful to have his parents who could help, I guess, pick up the slack a little bit where that other extra person was needed. Because I worked shift work, so I worked anywhere between eight and eight at night. So Ryan's family used to pick up our son and bring him home and then kindly enough they used to prepare dinner for me and or my mum would and then we would just go back home and kind of start that routine all over again.
0: How did he find being away from you guys for that amount of time?
1: That's really the first time we've ever really been away from each other for that extent of time. And I guess not really knowing what we were in for in the sense of not having communication until it was Sunday. And that was only if everybody on their best behavior to be able to get that. So it was a little bit hard, but I find that you can't dwell on that or you can't let it get to you because you can just get into a big roll-on effect of living really, I guess, a sad life for that period of time. So I kept busy with work and our son and just making sure that I didn't really have free time. Not letting
0: yourself have a free spare thought.
1: <laughs> not really, no, not until. No. Just it's all easy Sunday, when you've got
0: a toddler and a job and.
1: Yeah, and just making like little ideas. Like we really focused on trying to kind of make him still a part of our life. I guess that sounds really silly because he didn't die but trying to just insert himself like his presence into what we would be doing and making sure we were making things for him so he didn't feel like he was lost either because I know that that can happen quite a lot now looking at it but not then you know when people are alone and they don't have the support all can communicate you know small little things really count so we went on to pin interest and tried to create as many things as we kind of could to send to him so we all felt a little bit closer I guess
0: where was his first posting after all that was done and did he go away in the beginning a lot or was he home for a fair bit how did that work out for you guys
1: so pretty much we moved to Brisbane which was our first posting and I we still live here now I do with the kids and we loved the idea of of moving here. So I think the actual move itself wasn't too crazy. We were definitely ready to get out of Sydney and kind of get out of hustle and bustle lifestyle that lived there. I have family here in Brisbane, so that was a massive plus for me. But once we kind of moved here and unpacked and kind of slightly got settled, he was off. He was off pretty much as soon as we kind of got into Brisbane and was at the hotel. So it was a big adjustment, but at the same time, a small adjustment in the sense of I still felt quite familiar with certain places in Brisbane that I didn't feel like it was completely estranged to me.
0: So in saying that, what do you feel like your introduction to Defence Life was, considering you said that he was like straight into it when you are at the hotel in, in
1: Brisbane? We kind of had a really good, I guess, sense of idea. My husband is very good at communicating or having the expectation of what's going to happen. So I think throughout the whole process of being in defence, we've always known that this was a possibility. I mean, it's definitely always something that I guess you get used to. But at the start, I think it was so much easier for us because my brother moved at the same time that we moved. So we were both moving to kind of a new location and trying to kind of get grounded. And our family kind of kept us busy and me busy in, you know, trying to get your bearings. So it was very different to, I guess, going to a different location and having nobody because I always had somebody around to help me or just to fill that gap or that time.
0: Which was obviously probably a great introduction to Defence Life <laughs> yeah. with that sort of side, not being totally out of your depth sort of thing.
1: Especially when you do think about, you know, having to move again or being posted again and moving somewhere different and how that's going to happen and I feel like sometimes that the next posting that we're going to do is probably going to be worse than this posting.
0: A bit of a shock without family yeah. and that network already. So you mentioned that you're currently in Brisbane but your husband isn't so where is he posted at the moment? So
1: he changed job roles and he got posted to Townsville so he's only been there for a year so we are living MWDU for the time being he's posted there for three years. So fingers crossed he'll come back here. I love it.
0: How you say you're like a true defense wife. Cause you're like, he's only been there a year. It's like some people be like, he's been there a year. It's like, he's only been there a year. It's like, you know, brush it off.
1: Yeah, I feel like, and I guess not everybody has the same outlook or the same way of dealing with things, but I still want to be happy living this lifestyle and I still want him to be happy with the decisions and choices that he makes for me and for our children and for himself. So I can't be a Debbie Downer for a decision that will help all of us in the long run. So
0: some of, I guess, your way of coping with that is because maybe you had a choice in that decision as in you chose to stay in Brisbane because you've got a network and you've got friends, family, you're established in Brisbane. So that choice wasn't taken from you. It's not like you've been forced to go with him. You guys made that decision together that, you know, the best situation was for you to stay and him to go. And it makes it a little bit easier to take.
1: Yeah. I mean, the choice nearly didn't happen and we nearly did have to go. But
0: what happened with that?
1: Because when you decide or are looking at living separately, the military still has that decision or that choice to see. If that's going to be suitable or you know if that's making the right decision. Um, They obviously want to keep people together and not make it the thing to live apart but because our youngest child has a heart murmur so she will forever have 50-50 of needing heart surgery and also our other child was going through a little bit of learning difficulties as well and being assessed. So we were really looking at just keeping everything grounded for I guess our family but if it didn't happen or we weren't able to stay I guess that's just. Had the cookie crumbled and we'd have to move. But I am very happy and very, yeah, blessed that we got to stay here.
0: So how does it work with him being in Townsville and you guys in Brisbane? Like how often does he get home?
1: It's actually a lot longer to get from Brisbane to Townsville in the same state versus Brisbane to Sydney. It's crazy. And a lot of people didn't realise that when I guess initially the first, you know, shock of the move was happening. Because we never really thought that we would be living like this, which I guess nobody does. But we thought that he would just be posted back here at the end, but that didn't happen. So when I was telling our family and friends, this is what we're looking at doing because I possibly was going to move initially and we looked at the distance and yes it is a very long drive I think it's 18 hours plus but I could oh my gosh yeah (laughs) and the drive is apparently terrible it's nothing fabulous there's nothing going on so I had
0: no idea distance was existed between (laughs) there and there like on the map (laughs) yeah
1: I know so it's a plane ride so what happens is that we have seen each other quite a lot uh, probably a lot more than what I expected expected us to see each other. We're just at the moment doing four days every now and then or when we can or when it's like a public holiday and birthdays. So he obviously as well when it works with his job. So he's coming in September and then with his parents so his parents are going to fly up to see him and then they're all going to come down I think in September October for our daughter's birthday and then I think the next time will be in December but that's kind of standard time frame anyway from what it was before so it's nothing it's probably more that we see more now than what we did before.
0: So how does that also work with him obviously being MWDU in Townsville but then also does he go away on exercises and go away effectively? bit or is he mostly on base?
1: So when he first moved up they had the Townsville flood, so it was very full on for a little while but then he's pretty much been okay. He did just do six weeks in Aubrey for a promotion course so he has been really busy but it's mostly been on base and in general I guess everything does change because one minute he's going somewhere and the next minute he's not so normal standard defence procedures of how they work things so I guess he people who are in charge of him are pretty clear in when they can take time off or when it would be suitable for them and for him. And especially knowing that we are living separately, they're a little bit more flexible in getting him to see us. So... Have you heard about our Lots of Love Care Packages? An anonymous and free box of self-care goodies that
0: can totally make a military spouse's day. It's a way for friends and family to send an acknowledgement in the mail to a military spouse to let them know they're awesome and the Military Wife Life community has their back. Pop over to the Military Wife Life website after you finish listening to this episode, of course, and sign someone up for the Lots of Love box. You're saying that you've got one year down, two more to go and then what's supposed to be happening after those two years?
1: To be honest, I don't know and we won't know, I guess. It's one of those things that makes it really difficult because by the time that he comes home, he well, he thought maybe we could move up for a year to Townsville before our son starts high school but that's not going to work either because our daughter's going to start prep the year before our son goes to high school. So it's kind of a difficult time to know what we're going to do because it's kind of the start and the finish at the same time of one going to high school and one starting school or one finishing or both of them being together. So I don't really know. We're trying to work that out at the moment to see where or what direction would be best for us. Um, So just trying to keep an open mind, I guess. would love to stay here but I know that that's a bit selfish to think that we're forever going to be in the one spot wishful thinking (laughs) maybe yes I say more selfish in the idea when, you know, when you look at other defence wives or families and then they're like 10 years in the one spot. And I'm like, I wish that was me. I wish that was me. I feel more selfish in the idea that I don't want to move, even though I know that that's a part of a, in a defence family. Yeah. So I know that we're going to move at some point. I think I just need to... Let it go. It get...
0: <laughs> yeah. Your husband joined defence. How did you envision your career working alongside defence life? Sadly,
1: didn't really think about that until the last minute. I worked for a health insurance company and was trying to continue my role or get a a different role within that company. Sadly just it didn't work or it was coming close to us moving and so I had to leave and then I just started to apply for jobs. I work in a call centre so I just tried to apply for those type of jobs or I used to work in a bank so anything relatable to what I previously did but I didn't really think of I guess how that was going to stop or what that was going to do for my career and I think it's only really now that you know there is different avenues that I could go down but I choose not to not so much for defence life but for my own personal being like we live such a hectic lifestyle as it is and especially him not being here and I work from home 90% of the time so all of those have kind of come into play of where or what I want to do but yeah moving forward it's definitely one of those things that I'm very open with my employer about the potential of moving and what that means if I can move with my job. And if they'll allow that, because it's not something that is within my contract. Um, but it's definitely something they said they will look at. So I'm just yeah. keeping an open mind that that will. Because basically,
0: like you mentioned, you already work 90% of the time from home. So it'd just be that 10% that. <laughs> (laughs) you wouldn't be able to go into the office or?
1: Exactly right. And I guess with technology, which is huge and we use it now all the time, you know, to Skype or FaceTime or anything like that to be able to still have that or feel that you're, you know, connected and a part of your team. So I don't feel like it's going to be bad, but I just guess it's always going to work within that business and for that business as well. It's going to be beneficial for them to do that. Yeah. So I have a big open mind. I'm pretty sure that it will be something that they will be happy to do, but It's one of those things where I don't know for how long or you know, if we move from that post and only be there for one year and then I have to re-evaluate again. I don't know how that's going to be viewed, but I can only ever ask and hope that (laughs) it will go in my favour.
0: Did you and your husband talk about how kids would fit in with postings or plan kids around postings? Or was it just a matter of kids will fit in with whatever's happening with Defence Life? How did you sort of talk about and plan? for children
1: we run our life with the idea that you just have to fit in your kids just have to fit in and that's not just with defense life that's in general so we already had a son who was four when my partner joined we were trying to have another baby before we got posted and then obviously that didn't work because he was never home funny that yeah I know it was great timing when he was like yeah sure let's have another baby I was like yeah (laughs) well so we finally I had a baby we when we were posted here. But that I think was more of a shock than already having a child. I know it sounds like a repeat, but didn't really think about the what ifs or how that was gonna work. I just kind of roll with the punches of life and whatever happens, happens. But it was only more so when I realized that majority of my pregnancy I was doing by myself and I had gestational diabetes so I was at the hospital every week. And then the fear factor of having to deliver baby on my own was also really scary and something I didn't think of either. And that was a massive possibility. He was meant to leave and go to New Zealand on my due date. And strangely, the universe Something crazy happened and he hurt his knee and he ended up touring his ACL. And so he ended up actually having surgery three weeks after I had a cesarean. So it kind of worked out beneficial because we were together at least and he was able to be there for her birth. Yeah, I I took all those things, I think, for granted beforehand or I didn't really think that it would happen to us or I don't know. I just thought that it will always work out in our favour. But the fear factor set in. I think only when I really realised that I'm doing this by myself and then the realisation of how many people actually have their children by themselves or with a family member as a supporter, not their husband. And that really, really came after the fact.
0: And then I guess the fact that you had already had a child when he wasn't in defence, so you sort of know what that experience is like. And then you're going through the whole experience when he is in defence and the difference is that it's not reliable that he will be around. Like you said, it's like you're doing it all over again.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it was very different, just the way... Worry as well because my gestational diabetes got a lot worse and they couldn't control it, so I ended up having to be on insulin. And you know, all the fear factors—they almost didn't let me leave the hospital because I was badly underweight, which wasn't really underweight, but for being pregnant and where you should have been. And all of those fear factors came into play. Of you know, I've got another child, Honor. I didn't really picture this happening, and so I think I definitely walked in there blind and I walked out with my eyes completely open and. Aware, but also, I guess, stronger in the idea that you still can do anything. I know that a lot of people say that, but defense women are super strong because we put up with such a change of everything or choice or decision. And yeah, so I guess you just walk away knowing that you can do it again if you needed to.
0: And perspective, as in minor things that might have been a big deal previously, are like, yeah I've dealt with worse mm-hmm. than that.
1: Yeah. And I know this also doesn't sound great, but someone's always ever been in your position or had it worth? And I know that's not a good thing, but it definitely shows that it's not just a you problem. It's, you know, it happens all the time. Yeah. So you're not alone. And there's going to be always someone out there that you can reach out to or connect with that's kind of gone through a similar thing in this type of lifestyle anyway.
0: You'd been in Brisbane for a little while by the time you had your daughter. What did you sort of do when you moved to a new area to start to establish a friend network or start to connect with people?
1: My son went to kindy for, I think, like three months or something like that and then we enrolled him into school we went to an orientation day before he started and I met one of my bestest friends here that I've met and then it kind of just snowballed from there I've met a few friends through work but mostly through the kids and I've met some through defense Facebook pages which my partner thinks is super creepy and you kind of do when you're not in this lifestyle but it's definitely a good way to meet friends after I had Ara I went to the community center on Bay and I also found some lovely women there, which was beautiful. And I've kind of just connected that way through our neighbors and Facebook, really. So I've yeah. got a really good friend network here.
0: In saying that, you've mentioned to me that you've got two kids, a husband that lives away, a job. And then you also said that you've got a side hustle. How do you juggle all that? Um <laughs>
1: I find the less time you have, the
0: more you get done because you just get it done in the time that you've got.
1: Pretty much. I always run that way. I've always been that person who like, you know, hates getting up in the morning. Um, So pretty much what happens is I work the normal full-time job during the daytime. And then just before I go to bed, I'll just reconnect with everybody and kind of reach out to everybody and check how everyone's going on the side hustle side of things and pretty much manage it that way. I also use You know, those times when you're walking or just trying to have your own time. Um, And I utilize that time. Not that it's huge, but there is those small windows where I utilize that. And just being super organized as well, being working at home, I'm able to partially cook majority of the food that we're going to eat that night on my lunch break or do those small things like cleaning or tidying up that would take extra time that I'm not able to spend on the side hustle or with the kids. Yeah. So
0: how do you fit in those little bits of time for you? Like do you schedule them in and what do you do in those bits of time that are for you?
1: So it always will depend on my shift. So I work anywhere between seven and nine start time. So any time between that window and that will depend on where I fit that time for me. So if I start at seven o'clock, then it will be in the afternoon. My son comes home at three when I finish and then we make something to eat. He'll sit down and do his homework. So then I'll have that free moment while he's doing that to do what I need to do in our home or roles reversed if it's a nine o'clock start then I'll make that time in the morning and don't really schedule it in I just kind of roll with the punches I'm trying to fit a lot of things in a day like every I think person is including you know working out and laundry so I think with the side hustle it makes it so much better because it's just on my phone and I don't have to have anything else so I'm able to quickly do things if I'm working out or going for a walk or I guess that's the only way like in our circumstances that I feel that I can live without getting too strung up on time frames I've never lived like that with time anyway but because things change so frequently I try to still do those small set things like kids in bed by seven even though that's not happening tonight during the weekday but during a weekend it doesn't really matter trying to get dinner in before 6 30 those type of things I try to do but it's not the be all and end all for me anyway because I'm only one person trying to do 10 million things so
0: so you give yourself a break by the sounds of it
1: yeah I think you've got to give yourself some grace because if you don't give yourself grace you're just going to end up like a hot mess I'd rather not be a hot mess and give myself grace mental
0: health wise how do you look after your mental health
1: funny enough I find the change that we made from Brisbane to Sydney an amazing mental health change due to the fact that Brisbane has such amazing things to offer in the sense of free activities and parks and things like that so mental health wise I I always make sure that I am checking in, you know, with our family if I am having those down days and my husband as well, you know, to let him know if I'm not coping or where I'm needing assistance even if he is far away, being something like just checking things on the internet or writing out a plan for meals or just anything to take off a little bit of that edge sometimes when you need it, not all the time, and just doing those small things of stopping and taking a break, you know, sitting at the park or the beach with the kids is such a reward within itself to just have that five seconds of relaxation and I feel like it always helps everybody kind of clear their mind and get back on track and refocus and try to remember that it's only today and tomorrow's not going to be the same.
0: And you recently lost some weight. Has that played any part in helping with mental health wise and feeling like you're on top of everything?
1: Yeah, it definitely has. So when I started the weight loss program, which is part of the side hustle, it allowed me so that was one of my big things is that I struggle a lot with cooking food and it's not because I can't cook it's more just the planning that goes into it and it was something that he did and I took for granted quite a lot he did all of our food shopping and cooking was something that he did and he enjoyed doing where I don't mind cooking but I definitely wasn't really enthused by it it wasn't great I didn't really want to do it I just knew that we had to do it so when I started the weightless program and journey it was really good because I was able to I guess know that I had to have a set thing and do that and cook that those meals or I wouldn't be able to lose weight. So it all was a really big full circle effect. And the company and the team that I've gone through are such a supportive group. So it's kind of been a little bit of those backbone moments of motivational talk or just re-guidance that has really allowed the focus to happen and to live a little bit more of a clearer lifestyle and not trying to get you know hung down on stress and things like that. Weight definitely helps because a lot of things change when you lose weight body doesn't ache. You don't feel so deflated. I have a lot more energy and I feel better about myself. So I guess when you feel better about yourself, that's the energy that you're outputting. And you start to
0: prioritize thing. different things maybe that you wouldn't have before because you've seen the outcome so far and you I guess you want to keep feeling great.
1: That is exactly right. And I think as well, you know, something that you don't do for yourself a lot, I don't feel like I took that time out before. You know, I'd always go, I really want to go to the gym or I really want to work out. And then trying to work out the kids and dinner and being by myself and it was always just it became such a too hard basket where this program definitely wasn't like that because it was all just about your eating so it allowed me to have a little bit more control and it was also something that I felt really conscious of because it was a decision that I was making for myself and no one was making that decision for me so it was kind of a bit of self-love it's also kind of as cheesy as it sounds, a little bit inspirational when people are hitting the same goals that you have already hit. Helping people achieve something you've already achieved and knowing that it's achievable and changing people's mindsets a little bit on how they view themselves. So, it's definitely been rewarding.
0: What have you learnt along the way while being a defence spouse?
1: Definitely take everything with a grain of salt and I guess not try to harp on the bad things and always try to look at the positive and I know that that's super cheesy to say or but definitely for me it's always been communication is huge and I feel like even if your partner or your husband doesn't know the answer also doing those self-care things and making sure you're taking time out for yourself and another thing is community and it's not just defense community it could be anything having friends having support it is such a huge thing and it is something that is needed no one can live this life without having somebody to be their backbone in the end of it or needing a cup of milk type situation with your neighbours. You know, it is such an important thing to know them or to know people around your area or have a support system in place.
0: Just putting yourself out there, even though sometimes it feels uncomfortable, but you just never know where it might lead. It might lead to that best friend that you found or a neighbour that ends up being a, a great person to confide in or whatever it might be. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I have loved hearing about your journey with MWDU and just the way that everyone I guess copes with it differently and sees it differently it's really great to hear and gives other people inspiration you're you know doing the the true juggle with kids and work and side hustle and husband that only gets to fly back every so often so thank you for coming on and sharing your story
1: thank you for having me and hopefully it just sheds a little bit of life that it is definitely doable it it's definitely something that you can do and there are others doing it and it doesn't have to be as daunting you know living mwdu or just being in defense life it doesn't have to be a crazy scary situation it can be empowering in its own strange way
0: I so hope you were able to relate or take something away from today's episode. There are definite ups and downs to military life, but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in this together. We are all just doing our best. So until next week, you got this. Let's do this together one day at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things...